So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Hello, everyone. God bless you and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries More Than Conquerors program. We are delighted to have you here today with us. Wherever you're listening, viewing, watching, <laughs> catch the program, we are so delighted to have you here with us. And between the two of us, we've got over 100 years experience in the ministry and studying this book uh, to know how to live life. And uh, Terry, you know, I think about that verse over there in First uh, Thessalonians, I believe, chapter 4, it says that Paul said, I've written all these things to you so you can gain yet greater perfection in living this life. And so everything about this, God's intention is that you know how to live life on a hostile planet (laughs) and that you know how to stand in faith, believe God, not be destroyed. Uh, You have an obligation to stay alive and not let hell murder you and not let hell steal your health and not allow hell to take your good sound mind away from you. You know, everything that God has designed and written in this book, his plan for your life is that you be more than a conqueror. That's right. That's right. Just as the apostle Paul said, no matter what happens in life, he said, nay, amid more these things over in Romans 8, we are more than conquerors. Verse 37. Verse 37. And then also Acts chapter 20, Paul's telling him what the Lord showed him is about to happen to him. But he says, none of these things move me. So God's intention is for you in spite of circumstances to always be the winner. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the more than conqueror. The guy that got out alive. You're the exception, not the norm. And it just is an amazing thing for us to, to constantly be learning these things over and over and over again from the Word of God. You were talking on the last program about that wonderful, wonderful, true experience from the Word of God mm-hmm. that Jonah had. Oh, absolutely. Powerful, Isn't that something? Powerful. And you know the 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 main caption line theme of that whole story it came out of Jonah's mouth when he said, "Salvation is of the Lord." That's and exactly right. And salvation in the Hebrew and the Greek both mean that that sozo. Yeah, sozo. That you are literally. Um, what, you have everything you need. Right. That not, it, I think somebody says nothing missing, nothing broken, but yet everything in your life is supplied. So that you have absolutely everything you need for this life. And that's exactly what God intends for us to be. He, has, he hasn't changed his mind from yeah, Genesis. Salvation and everything that's included in that. Yeah, salvation. And, and for some of you that may be new, you may not even have ever heard that word in, in the context of actual everyday life. And salvation literally just means that that God got in the middle of it all and fixed it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that he saved you, rescued you, uh, picked you up from a low place and put you up in a high place and helped you succeed in life. Amen. 
No, God wants us to win. That's why he called us more than conquerors. More than. We're not just conquerors. No, We're even right. more than that because of what that's Jesus right. did. Had Jesus not done it, we couldn't do anything. That's right. But he didn't want us to live on the planet as just mere men. No, he that's right. He didn't want us to live like everybody else, think like everybody else, <laughs> act like everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, we're not. You know, I've said for decades, well, there should be a difference between atheists and disciples. No, that's right. You know, we, we shouldn't talk like the world, think like the world. That's right. Uh, we, just, we should be... A much higher we, class of well, living. Well, we should be aliens to that. should be alien to us. It that's right, be, exactly. It should be like, why do you think like that? Why do you talk like that? Why do you act like that? Because we're... My we're, goodness, we're, why are we living so low is, when you get low so high? Our Father is God and our home is heaven. That's right. And we're just passing through here, but while we're passing through here, we intend to win. That's right. And God intends for us to win. And he's given us the, the uh, tools. what we need to yeah. do it. All, uh, it. What is it? Where is it that all these words are given to you for that pertain to life and godliness? Mm-hmm. And I just think that's just stunning to think about that. I, I, I flipped over here earlier today and was reading out of Proverbs 24, 14. So shall you know skillful and godly wisdom to be thus for your life if you find it. That's that's the if mm-hmm. part. Is our, is our uh, I always said all the ifs in the Bible are for us. Yeah, They're not yeah. for God. Then shall there be a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. No, Isn't that a great verse? You know, I've, I've thought several times today of, of our dear friend Jerry Savelle, who's a wonderful man of God and minister of God and friend. Um, and, and decades ago, he came out with a series, a word of God, yes. that is so powerful. And he and it was called if if Satan can't steal your goods, then he can't steal your joy. Yeah. And so we we God intends for us to stay. If he can't steal your joy. He can't keep your goods. Yeah. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't, he keep, can't your, keep your, your goods. goods. <laughs> I say that backwards. But yeah. uh, we we're meant to win. God intends us to win. Right. He intends for us to to be. Uh, well, you and I have talked for, for for long, long, long time that we believe every Christian ought to be as fierce. Right. I mean, fierce. Absolutely fierce. fierce. Big we time. talked about three weeks ago about having yeah. the, having the face of a lion. Yeah. And be fierce. Yes. And, and we've talked about being as fierce as an Old Testament warrior. That's right. I mean, ready to fight. First Chronicles twelve. Read it. <laughs> and then, uh, but yet to have the grace and love and mercy and kindness yes. and forgiveness of a New Testament believer. So we, we can do go, both. So we just go along every day, just being sweet and kind and nice and that's right, and full of grace and full of love and full of. Faith and full of forgiveness, but I tell you, when the devil sticks his head up, we immediately turn into a fierce <laughs> wow. Old Testament That's warrior. Right. The Bible says when they That's were building right. the wall for Nehemiah, Nehemiah, that they they built the wall with a shovel in one hand and and a sword in the other. Wow! And that's what God expects us to do. He expects he really us does. to be nice folks, that's but. Right. Not put up with the devil's garbage. You am ambidextrous Christian, <laughs> and then be able to keep two thoughts in your head at the same time. That right. I can be fierce and absolutely aggressively assault the kingdom of darkness, and yet over here on the other side, where we're trying to nurture people into the kingdom of God and and give them water <laughs> and give them life and give them the words of life, that, that we can take on another persona to help yes. them, you know, and bring them into the kingdom yes, of God of and, and really do what the, you know, the old song says, rescue the perishing and care, and for, care the for the dying. That's, That's right. our job. Yeah, and, and, and yet... And yet we're not just nursemaids to no. to that's carry right. people along when they that's, won't use their faith. That's right. You know, sometimes you just try to help people. Oh, yeah. And they won't be helped. 
No. Are you try to you instruct people? They come to you and say, "Oh, teach me. You're the man of God." And you tell them what to do, and they don't do it. <laughs> I had a guy years ago would come. He'd follow he me around. Use a lot of flattery. He'd follow me around to my different meetings. Yeah. I mean, different states. Wow. He'd show up, and he'd come. He came to me one time. Said, "Brother Terry, I got this problem, and here's what's happening." And I said, "Okay, yeah. well, here's what the word says. So go do this." So at the next meeting, he shows up and he says, "Oh, this is my problem." I said, "Well, we talked about that before. You need to you need to do this." And the next meeting he shows up, and the next meeting he shows up, and the next meeting he shows up. And I finally got into Chicago, preaching in Chicago, and here he is. And he <laughs> well, comes up to after service. Brother Terry, so I just need your help. So I just I just have these problems, and I and and, and, and I just, you know, nothing works. And uh, and I said, well, I said, but I told you to do this. He said, I did that. And I said, it didn't work? He said, no. And I said, well, I told you to do this. He said, I did that. And I said, it didn't work? No, it didn't work. I said, and I told you to do this. Yeah. I did that. I told you to do this. I did. I said, so you've done everything I've told you to do, and it didn't work, right? And I have the word. I've told you what the word says, and none of it works. And he said, that's right. I've done it all, and none of it works. And I said, well, buddy, all I know to tell you is just curse God and die. <laughs> and he said, well, what? Wait, Brother Terry, wait. No, no, no. I said, well, no. I mean, if God's word doesn't work, that's right. and I've given you instruction, 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 right. and you said you've done it all, and it doesn't work. Then you know there's no help for you. Just just That's curse right. God and die. He said, "Well, now wait a minute. Maybe I haven't done everything." I thought, "Oh, really? You think? You think maybe you haven't done everything like I told you to, like right, God told right. you to?" And uh, so, so we're to instruct people and help people That's right. and minister to people, but we're not just um, uh, we're not just going to put them in the baby stroller and put a bottle right. in their mouth. You, you shouldn't have to part the mustache to get a bottle in their mouth. <laughs> Oh, that's a that's a vivid. There's a time at some point they need to grow up. Yeah, no, that's and right. So what we're doing on these weekly broadcasts, weekly programs, is telling people how to be, how to stand. Right. You know right. the word says when you've done all to stand, stand. And we're well, teaching people how to stand and how to make it work. That's right. And uh, you From know you don't, learned, you don't mind carrying. We've had to do that. You don't mind taking an infant and carrying them around, giving them a bottle and changing right. their diaper, but. You know, at some point, that's got to stop. No, that's exactly. I've often said, you know, you know, you see a one-year-old, two-year-old in the street, man, you run out there and grab them, you know, yank their arm out of joint, get them away from a speeding car, right? You know, and and then that's fine. They're a baby; they don't know any better. You know, you you tell you tell them one hundred thirty-seven thousand times, do not get in the street, do not get in the street, do not get in the over and over. You tell them every day, every day, every day, don't get in the street. But, you know, when they're 8 or 9 or 10 or 12 or 15, and you're still having to tell them don't get in the right, street, right. and they're still just wandering out, then, then there's something wrong. There's something there's a, wrong. There's a, there's a defect they're much, somewhere. Yeah, they're not, they're not hitting on all cylinders somewhere. Yeah. And so what we do, and these, you know, these, are, for, these are for solid Christians that are word people that right. we're telling them, hey, if you'll do this, this will work for you. Right. Do, do this. And we've been talking the last several weeks, Renee. Uh, about my legacy series, yes. which should be ready sometime next month. Um, and in this legacy series, there's going to be four sermons that, that not that I got somewhere else or copied from somebody or heard somebody, but sermons right. that God gave me over the years of right. mission, 53 years of missionary, uh, third world missionary evangelism, and uh, casting out devils and raising the dead and, you know, healing the sick and blind eyes open, deaf ears unstop and all, yes. the, all the things, you know, chasing, casting devils out of witch doctors and, <laughs> and so on. Uh, yeah. And so we're putting together four of those great, I hate to even call them sermon, but four of those great words, revelations. Right. Uh, and uh, who do you say Jesus is? 
God spoke to me and gave me that powerful. And then salvations of the Lord. Right. And then uh, how to live stable and unstable times. And then where the word of a king is, there's power. And so we've talked about where the word of a king is, there's power on right. this program. Just every week we've been talking about stuff. And then we've talked about how to live stable and unstable times. And last week we talked about salvations of the Lord. And I, yes. and I want to continue on that today. Right. And then next week I'd like to finish up with who do you say Jesus is. Right. But just to, just to give you tidbits and pieces of this but in testimonies to go along with it. But but when that series comes out, you can contact our office or get in touch with us from terrymiles.com if you want to do it on the web or, or you can call the office. But uh, um, it'll help you. It'll bless you. It'll minister to you. Uh, has the capability of changing your life. That's up to you, but it has the capability to well, change I, your life. To me, Terry, those four messages, you could you could use those with new believers and seasoned believers oh, because it it literally puts people through Bible school in a doctrinal way that they don't even realize. Mm -hmm. And it helps them understand their their level of participation that will that will get them to grow in faith like they've never grown before. No, absolutely. And if they they've been a stagnant church member or they've been unchurched and yet believe in God, or they just are a brand new believer, hand them that series and let them listen to those messages over and over again. To me, that is one of the best things you can do with that series is begin to help brand new people or even adolescent teenagers, people that are brand new in some things. Well, continue or continue to help yourself. Yeah, and, and, and it'll help people that have that have gone away from the Lord. It'll draw them back in and explain some questions that they probably had in their own soul about faith. Mm -hmm. I think it is one of the most valuable things every believer should own because it is in such a broad way, each of those messages not only will help you personally, but it gives the the new believer, the immature believer, uh, the frustrated believer, though the unchurched person out here, you know, just kind of orbiting around in their own little life, they can get hold of something like that, and it helps them learn how to use their own faith. Absolutely. And I think it's so profound. So when you talk about this, salvation is of the Lord. My goodness gracious. Well, and we live Most this, Christians yeah. have never even heard that, no, Terry. of course not. And we live this way ourselves. I remember a few weeks ago we were preaching, and, and I had hurt my shoulder and hurt my neck. And, uh, and and so I was having trouble sleeping, getting in a position. Right. And then finally one night we were asleep, and it, I was just hurting so bad I just sat up in bed. But the first thing I did is I sat up in bed and I grabbed my phone yeah. and I punched up one of Brother Hagen's uh, words. I punched up his healing scriptures. Right. Just, Those healing, just scriptures healing scriptures are awesome. And so I just sat there in bed and, and put my earphones in so it wouldn't bother you. Right. And, of course, we're in a hotel room, so I'm in bed. Uh, and so uh, I listened to it for an hour. But then I just hit it and did it again. So I sat there and listened to it for two solid hours. Yeah. And by the time I finished the second hour, I felt great. And I laid back down and went to sleep. Wow. But that's how that's how we live. No, that's <clears> right. You know, we listen to Brother Hagin all the time. We listen to John Osteen all the time. We that's listen, right. We listen to T.L. Osborne. We listen to our, our, our fathers. Y'all, you have to have your own father in faith. Find out <laughs> who's going to be your father. Uh, and that's most right. of my fathers are gone now. Most, you know, I've only right. got two left that are still on the planet, still on the, uh, planet Earth, and all the rest of them have gone to heaven. And uh, people will have different uh, different people they relate to, and then they receive as their father, their mother, their spiritual uh, man of God, woman of God, uh, the general, whatever you want to call it. And uh, 
And you're know, those, ter- those terms get thrown yeah. around pretty loosely. No, that's right. That's right. You know, but you want to have people, people in your life. People call themselves general. They're not even a corporal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they sure like the yeah, title. Yeah, you know, religion <laughs> takes on a, a very perverted persona uh, in, in just about every area of life. And, and even so, even in Christianity and the ministry and things like that, the eccentricities of the soul and people just, they, they complicate it, Terry, rather than just keeping it simple sure. and keeping it aware, keeping people aware of at the practical side of how can I use my faith? This is how. Let me show you. Read this. You know, exactly. do this. And it's just so important for us to keep that out there ready for people to act on and not just gather information all the time, that they can literally take those four sermons that you had and just act on it. Just go do it. I preach thousands of sermons, but we're we're talking about these four that God gave me that have been such a they've been such a. A foundation, right, and such a change for people's lives, right, and things that I've been able to go in different nations and accomplish, right. and I literally make history and change history. And we were talking last week about salvations of the right. Lord. We talked about Jonah and how you know when Jonah was in the belly of the whale at the bottom of the ocean with seaweed <laughs> around his head. Uh, chapter, Lord, chapter, what a desperate situation. Oh, chapter two and verse verse uh, um, eight. Uh, Jonah makes his statement. He says, they that observe lying. Now, think of this. He was at the bottom of the well in the bottom of the ocean belly of the well. Seaweed around his head. And he's he's out of the will of God. Yeah. And yet he makes this statement. Guilt. He makes this statement. There's no way out. There's no help. There's no hope. And I'm guilty. And I'm guilty. And yet he makes this statement. He says, they that observe lying vanities forsake. Their own mercy. Well, in other words, I am not going to receive this. This is not going to be my end. They are not going to say Jonah died in the belly of the whale out of the will of God. This isn't it. I'm not done. Wow. And in verse nine, he says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. In other words, I'm going to go to Nineveh and preach. Right. And then he ends it with this. Salvation is of the Lord. Yeah. I tell you what, if you listening to me today could do what I've had churches do when I preach this message, just shut your eyes, put your hands on your where your spirit man is. Your spirit man's not up here in your head, it's down here. Your spirit man, just just put your hands there, shut your eyes, and say like you mean it. Yeah. Say salvation is of the Lord. I don't mean salvation of the Lord. I mean salvation (laughs) is of the Lord. And if you'd say that 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, pretty soon you would feel your spirit man inside getting excited. That's right. He would be getting excited about what you're saying. That is exactly right. Because he he lives for that stuff. The the, the spirit (laughs) man inside you lives for the word of God. (laughs) That's right. And I tell you, you start declaring salvation. Salvation is of the Lord. Or prosperity is of the Lord. Yes. Or healing, healing is, is of, of the, the Lord. Lord. Exactly. Or my kids being delivered of drugs is of the, of Lord. the Lord. Or my wife coming back. Or my, my husband coming back. My kids coming back. The prodigal son coming back is of the Lord. Yes, you yes. You need to declare those things from here. Not yeah. from here. Right. Yeah, there's no, a little... I'm blessed and highly favored. No, no, no. Down here, <laughs> I'm blessed of all my No, that's God. right. Boy, that's and good. I'm highly yeah, yeah, favored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk from out of here. Right. You don't talk from out of here. No. And, and you, when you do, your spirit man starts getting excited. He starts jumping up and down and saying, hey, right. you're talking my language now. Let's get something done. Exactly. But when we talked about this last week, Salvation of the Lord, I, I talked about Jonah. I told you about it. If you, if you haven't heard these last several 
programs where we've talked about this legacy series, uh, who do you say Jesus is, salvation of the Lord, how to live stable and unstable times, and where the word of a king is, there's power. We haven't done who do you say Jesus is yet. Um, go back and listen to them. They're That's well, right. well, well worth your time listening to and giving time to it. And then we're putting them in a legacy series, be ready next month, and you'll have them the rest of your life uh, just to feed on them. And not, not, for, not for baby toys. I mean for, for war. Right. But when we talked about this last week, we talked out of Jonah. And then I told a tremendous story about uh, God rescuing me in New Zealand when I needed right. eleven thousand six hundred dollars. That's such a good and, testimony. And supernaturally, nobody yes, knew it. it nobody is. knew it, and God spoke to somebody across the world. Right. And uh, uh, they didn't wasn't a partner, didn't support me, and spoke to them and said, "said Terry's in New Zealand with Jackie and four kids, and you need to you need to pay for that." So he called me and said, "How much is it?" I said, "Eleven thousand six hundred dollars." He said, "Checks in the mail," and it was. And so we paid that off. But but another time, you know, That's a lot so of people wonderful. know my story about the Thank Zimbabwe you, drought, and you've heard me tell that. Yeah. In fact, we lived in Corpus when that happened. That's and right. I, I left Corpus right. and went to Zimbabwe. Yeah. They were having such a horrible, evil, mean, deadly drought. Been going on for years, and it was reaching 130 degrees Fahrenheit during the day. Birds were literally falling from the sky. Uh, the animals had died. Crops had died. The cattle had died. The, the government actually sent the military into the bush in the right, jungle and right. slaughtered the elephants because elephants need so much water and use so much water, and there just wasn't any. So they said, just go kill them. So they just went and slaughtered the elephants, and they were trying wow. to get water. I mean, the U.N. was there. When I got there, the U.N. was there. They were talking about seeding clouds. They were talking about pulling icebergs up from, from Antarctica. I mean, I mean, the whole world was scratching their heads saying, how can we rescue this nation? They're, they're dying. Wow. And when I got there, Renee, you know the story. When I got there, the capital city of Zimbabwe is Harare, and uh, and, and in the, on the newspaper, the capital city of the country, in the newspaper, every morning there was a black box on the front page of the newspaper with the number of how many days of water was left in the reservoir, and everybody's going to die. Wow. And so the day I got there, it said 40. The next day it said 39. The next day it said 38. The next day it said 37. And I sat there and I thought, you know, if you were a mother, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa, you think you're watching that every day go down thinking my grandbaby's going to be dead in 30-something days. My, oh, my wife's going to be dead. My, yes, my yes, husband's yes. going to be dead. I'm going to be dead. You know, and, and I mean, every day people, I mean, the country was just, it's almost like nobody's in their right mind because of that fear. I mean, you know how it is when, when the weather's bad in your town. That's all people talk about. If it's been too dry or too wet or too windy or too too many fires or whatever's going lots on, of, that's of, all lots people lots talk about. Weather. Well, multiply that by several hundred. You know how these people yeah, were, were dealing. They weren't being rational. Even the preachers weren't. Some preachers that I had known for years, Zimbabwe ministers, that were good men of God. All of a sudden, they were yeah. just nuts because— you know, everybody's about to be dead. And so uh, I was preaching in that meeting, and uh, there's about seven or eight of us that were speakers. I was the only one from America. And usually I don't do that. Usually I don't go be a speaker of somebody's meeting. Usually right. I, I do my meeting. I pay for it. I can preach what I want right. uh, and get results. But but that time I did, I knew a lot of those guys, and so I, I agreed to be a, a speaker. But I'd speak and preach the Word. And faith would rise a little bit. But those other six or seven guys that get up, it's all day long, all week long, all day long meetings. And I mean, they'd get up and just preach garbage, literally preach junk. And they were better than that, but they were just, they lost it. Right. And um, so faith would just fall. Then I'd get up when it came my turn. I'd get up and preach faith, preach the word, faith would rise, 
they'd get up, they'd fall. So it's like one against seven, you know. And so uh, finally, I and, and every day it's counting down, counting down, right. counting down. And so finally, I said to the to the Lord one night, I said, I'm done. I said, I don't know why you sent me over here because it's not working, and I'm used to it working. And I said, I didn't come halfway around the world to waste my time and your money. <laughs> it costs yes. a lot of money to do what I do, and I got I got little partners and little widow ladies that partner with me $10 a month and $20 a month that I'm responsible for that money and it costs money to do what I do and here I'm over here and it's not working. I said, so I'm going home tomorrow. I'm done. And so I tried to leave that night, but they asked me to stay and go into a dinner with the pastors. And so I did. And I thought, well, I'll stay 30 minutes and be nice. Then I'm going back to the hotel and call the airlines and get out of here tomorrow. Right. I'm not even, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay. And watch, I told God, I'm not going to stay and watch these people die. Right. And so uh, as I was leaving the dinner in about 30, 40 minutes, I was leaving the dinner. One of them jumped up and said, Brother Terry, wait a minute. We want you to pray about this. And I just lost it. Sometimes my Popeye spirit comes out and I stands all I can stand can stand in the door. And I, and I turn around and said, pray about what? And he said, well, the drought. I said, what about the drought? Well, we want God to help us. I said, you've been telling everybody all week God caused it. Yeah. And they said, yes, he did. I said, no, he didn't. I said, my God didn't do this. My God didn't kill the elephants and the cattle and the, and the birds and the crops. My God's not doing this. And I said, uh, they said, well, Brother Terry, I said, you're dying. Your, your, your wives are dying. Your kids are dying. I said, but it's your fault. It's your preacher's fault. I said, because God's given spiritual authority to the church, but the church believes the That's preachers right. and you preachers have lied to them. So their blood's on your hands. And they said, what are we going to do? And I said, make it rain in the drought. And they said, how do we do that? I said, come in here tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And I said, I'll make it rain while I'm here. And so I brought him in the next morning and preached faith to him. And uh, told him, then I said to him, I decree as a man of God in the name of Jesus and the office of apostle God's called me to. It'll rain in the next 24 hours. This drought is officially broken. It's over. And, and it'll rain in 24 hours. If it doesn't, I'm not a man the of God. Of the king you don't ever have to power. listen to me again. <laughs> and so the next morning, early in the morning, I was praying. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I and I, I just opened my hotel room window. I was up on the seventh or eighth floor, and I just yelled out the deal. And I said, "Salvation is of the Lord. You ought to say Rain that right now. is of the Lord." Yeah. And I just mean, and I even had people out there looking up, saying, "What's wrong with him?" You know. Yeah. Anyway, I went to the meeting. Those pastors that looked at the sky, there was no clouds anywhere. They were miserable. And I got in there and I said, "Guys, get up. Let's praise the Lord. Let's give, let's give glory to God." And uh, they wouldn't even get up. They just sat there. And finally, I said, get on your feet. So they got up. And I said, let's get you. Let's praise the Lord. And they tried and couldn't do it. They just literally tried. I watched them try. They couldn't do it. Right. Finally, I said, sit down, open your Bible, and let's get in the Word. And when I said that, it cracked outside and thundered and lightning and rained and rained and rained. And when I got home, uh, a few weeks later, I was walking through the house there in Corpus, and I heard the, the news anchor say, the drought that's been going on for so many years in Zimbabwe, Africa, is officially broken. I said, well, thank you. I knew that, but I'm glad you told <laughs> the whole world. And then those pastors started calling me and said, well, right. Terry, come that's turn so it great. off. Come turn that's it so off. Great. So anyway, we're out of time, but we're going to talk next week about who do you say Jesus is, and this legacy series is going to be powerful and help a lot of people. No, it is, and we're just excited about it and believing God that there's going to be a lot of fruit in your life and everybody that pays attention to Amen. some of these wonderful things from the Word of God. But in the meantime, you can always say that you are more, more than, than conquerors, conquerors, kings and priests, salvations of the Lord. Amen. Amen. All of that. Don't miss next time. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
I read Terry's stories about being ended up being in Mexico, being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith. 